Hi guys, welcome back to the All Sports Focus Podcast. We are back here at the post week 12 and the first episode of the official All Sports Focus Steam Room, as we're calling it. Let's call so it. welcome aboard. It's uh, the normal three are back here, Ryan and Brady. Say what's up. What up? All right, we're going to be talking about some hot takes, some overreactions, not overreactions. It's definitely going to get a little heated. That's why we're calling it the steam room. So uh, if you guys listen to the podcast uh, from Matt Brady posted yesterday, me and Ryan's Daniel Jones and Tommy DeVito argument, it's basically what the whole goal of this episode is, is to have that. So uh, obviously we posted on our Instagram story the other day some hot takes. Yes, some of them were NFL-based, but there will be an episode where we will get to those. Matt Lanier shouting out a Tennessee basketball player. Ryan, listen to this. Matt said Dalton Kennett is a top-five player in college basketball. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Matt, I hope you're hearing that. Um, Okay, so we're going to jump right in here, and we're looking at... We're starting off with the ESPN's uh, overreactions, or not overreactions, after Week 12. Honestly, some of these we might agree on them, but that's just what happens. The first one, the Jacksonville Jaguars have a legitimate chance at the AFC's number one seed. Brady, do you think that's an overreaction or not an overreaction? I Honestly, I don't think that's an overreaction. Uh, they're definitely not the best of the top four teams, um, but they also don't have the worst schedule ever. Uh they did not look very well against the the Texans yesterday for the most part. Mm. Uh, but they were able to kind of hold C.J. Stroud to under where he's been performing here the last few weeks. Uh, their secondary could probably use some work. Other than that, I think they actually look like a pretty solid team. It's just going to be how far Trevor Lawrence can take them for the rest of the year. Yeah. I... I'm going to have to say on the flip side here, I think that is an overreaction. Their record might match up well with these other AFC teams at the top, but personally, I mean, they have to play the three AFC North teams, the Bengals, the Browns, and the Ravens coming up. But then, yes, they finished the season off with the Bucks, Panthers, and Titans. But I could very well see them going, losing all three of the AFC North games, if not maybe two of them, whatever it is. But the Chiefs and the Ravens, the Chiefs especially after yesterday, those two teams just look too good to not to one of those two teams to not get the one seed. So, Ryan? I'm going to go on Brady's side here and say not an overreaction. I think Cleveland looked awful yesterday. Cincinnati, sorry Brady, is not going to be much of a threat for them. And I think it's unrealistic to say they could be Baltimore. And when you finish in those three games in the season, I mean, that's one of those cupcake schedules you could ask for. So I wouldn't say it's impossible for them to get that one seed. Do you, all. Do you guys remember? Do you guys remember why I had to buy this jersey? Thanks, Carson Wentz, for absolutely being terrible at football and choking the Week 18 game to the Jags to make the playoffs. And this jersey is now mine. Th- thanks. <laughs> sorry to, sorry to cut. Yeah. 
Sorry to cut you off there, Ryan, but Carson Wentz is just terrible. Alright, um... Here's the question I mentioned to Brady and Ryan before the episode. <laughs> Who would you rather build your franchise around? If you had... These are the only two quarterbacks available. <laughs> Alright. <clears throat> Trey Lance or Zach Wilson? Who are you going with? We'll let you think about it for a sec. Huh? Holding the franchise. Holding? <clears throat> Personally, I'm going with Trey Lance here. I that's, I think he is a better overall athletic and better NFL build, and we necessarily haven't seen what he's been able to do because he's been hurt or been the backup. When in Zach Wilson's case, we've seen what Zach Wilson can do, and it has been terrible. So, I mean, the fact that Tim Boyle's starting over you is basically just the highlight of your NFL career. Um, yeah, I don't. Trey Lance, if, if either of those two is an option, I'm going Trey Lance. Yeah, what do you yeah, take I'm it away here? Lance. Yeah, probably Trey, Trey Lance. 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 Zach Wilson getting the benched is crazy. Worst Lance maybe can play the throw here and there, but Zach Wilson, you just know you're going to get sucked. Mm-hmm. Nothing from. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna. Uh. Sorry. Um. Uh, so moving on here to the Patriots. Um. The next one. Oh, and now it's loading. Uh. The Patriots will draft another first-round quarterback. In 2024, this I don't think this is even up for debate. I think this is not an overreaction. This is definitely going to happen. They're drafting Drake May. That's what I think. Wow. Yeah. Ryan, I think they draft one, and I don't whether Bill Belichick's still around. I'm going to be really curious to see because the Patriots have never had, at least in the Belichick era, this just continued I mean just failure honestly underperforming but I think the other part of it that we have to talk about is who do they even have if they draft a quarterback but what support mm-hmm. players do they have their offensive line's terrible they've really only got like Hunter Henry as the only good on yeah. the, the outside Ron Stevenson's okay, but nothing like crazy defense. They've been depleted. Mm-hmm. So I don't even think just drafting a quarterback's fixing their problems. Yeah, it's just one of those things where you could say that for a lot of NFL teams. Like, oh, you need a quarterback, but drafting him won't solve your problem. Yeah, I mean, that's it's the truth. Unless it's like some generational talent or some unbelievable quarterback like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts or someone like those guys, a rookie quarterback isn't just going to be able to come in and magically fix all your problems. And personally, I would be, I would be person, I would be shocked if Bill Belichick is back as the Patriots coach next year. I just think it's not that his career is bad. Like it's obviously not bad. Won six freaking Super Bowls. So it's one of those things where it's all right. Our franchise is kind of sputtering here. 
if I'm Robert Kraft, I'm saying this is not personal. I think we just need to make a change to kind of bring in new blood, restart this franchise, rebuild this franchise. And a person, I think Bill Belichick will get another job. I've been seeing things about him, the him and the Commanders being linked already, which would be a crazy. And then I was listening to the Pat McAfee show this morning, and they were saying, "Where did Bryce Young play college football? Alabama. Who's Alabama's head coach? Nick Saban. Who's Nick Saban's best friend? Bill Belichick." Who would be better to come in and groom this quarterback who played under Nick Saban? Bill Belichick. That's just one of those things where it's all up in the air now. But I was going to get to the whole Frank Reich thing with my next question I was going to ask you guys. Well, first, so, let, me, let me pose a, a question here. Do we think Bill Belichick's drafting record in the last five years has been the cause of the, the Patriots' uh, failures here recently? Hmm. Yes. Is he the one draft? Is he the GM? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's basically, he Everything. basically does both. I think yes. I think there's been some clear reaches on some of his first and second round picks. Like guys that, like Cole Strange two years ago or whatever it is. The old lineman out of like, where did he, Chattanooga or something like that. Like, yeah. Could have gotten that dude like your third round pick, and he takes him at like twenty five. So, and yeah, that's that's my thinking is that I think he's just lost touch, and like early on, and you know, in the Tom Brady era, he got by with drafting guys, you know, Edelman and and people like that who nobody would have necessarily said, oh yeah, that's gonna be. A, a steal of a draft pick. Well, yeah, but those guys were also low rounds, so those were worst, so case, worst case scenario. I think at this point he's, like, trying to make his mark in a way by saying, you know, oh, I'm going to draft somebody that nobody else is looking at. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, you know, yes, props to you for looking at guys that maybe other teams aren't looking at, but to another extent, you've also got to go with guys who are actually going to make an impact day one, not, mm-hmm. well, this is a maybe guy that I'm drafting in the first round or the second round. Yeah. So I don't. I think that if he continues on that wherever he goes, teams are going to struggle wherever he's coaching unless he realizes that he's swung and missed on a lot of draft picks recently. Mm-hmm. All right, next question here. With all the breaking news going on today, the Carolina Panthers have fired first-year head coach Frank Reich after only 11 games, as well as Josh McCown, quarterback's coach. Do you guys think that the way Bryce Young has been playing has been his fault or his coach's fault? Uh, I got to say it's a little bit of both to be honest. Their coaching definitely hasn't been the brightest, but Bryce Young, I've seen this year, has a lot of tendencies to make some bad decisions. Um, mm-hmm. He has definitely thrown a decent amount of interceptions, and I'd say about 90% of them are definitely his fault, just making bad decisions at bad times. Now, their coaching, once again, hasn't been phenomenal. They, I've seen like stuff on Instagram where like Orlovsky and people are going over their plays, like just like breaking them down and there was like one play where they're literally looking for one receiver and the other guys are just running like pick routes so you're literally just looking for one option and it's just not gonna work you gotta and he's playing out of the shotgun 90 percent of the time like 
what what's the point of that? I I personally think yes, there's some part of this that is on Bryce Young. But for an offensive-minded coach, that's the reason why you were hired for this job. You were supposedly this offensive-minded guy who's supposed to come in here and groom our number one pick and make him this franchise guy, and you failed. You kept doing, oh, I'm going to start calling the plays. I'm going to hand the plays off. I'm going to take the plays back. I'm going to give them back to our offensive coordinator. Stop worrying about that and actually make good plays. Who cares who's calling them? Like, and it's like the whole... Like, I'm changing topics here, but the whole Matt Canada thing with Pittsburgh, he was so against it throwing the ball to the middle of the field, and that's where the Bengals got beat on basically all of Pittsburgh's deep pass plays yesterday was in the middle of the freaking field. Like, yes, each offensive coordinator has its own tendencies. Yes, all that stuff. But if you're the if you're Frank Reich and this hasn't worked for eight games, you're 1-8 and eight or you're 1-9, and nine, why do you continue it into yesterday's game? Why do you continue doing that? especially after all the rumors, oh, I'm going to get fired all this after the season, and you still just go along with what you've been doing, and you were absolutely terrible once again. That just makes no sense to me. You know, I certainly agree coaching has played a big part of it, but honestly, I think Bryce Young has a lot of blame in this. He has not looked like the poised decision maker that we saw at Alabama. Even when he had, I mean, Let's be honest, a lot of his blocking was not very good while he was at Alabama. He was under pressure constantly, yet he always seemed cool, collected, making you know smart decisions with the ball. And he's gotten to the Panthers, and it's just like gone out the window. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looks panicked. He looks rushed. He looks like he is just ready to dart at any point in time and is just chucking the ball for no reason. And I think his decision-making, like... You know, yes, certainly play calling plays a part in that. But there's also something to be said about, okay, if the play is not going to work, you as the quarterback on the field, you are the number one draft pick for a reason. On the field, make a call, make an adjustment, switch up something to make the play better. You are supposedly this incredibly football IQ intelligent guy. So make plays. Like, it's not play caller's fault when he chucks an interception that he never should have thrown into triple coverage. Like that's, I mean, my guy, Josh Allen, like some of his interceptions, we're not saying, Oh, that's Ken Dorsey's fault that he threw it into triple coverage. No, that that's Josh Allen's fault. He threw it into triple coverage. Same with Bryce young. If he rolls into pressure and throws and heaves one up and it gets picked off, that's not Frank Reich's fault. That's Bryce Young's fault. So, you know, go ahead, Brady. There's been like one or two instances this season where Bryce Young has been in the pocket. He's been very protected. He has time, and then he makes a dumb decision. That's where I'm saying all of his blame comes in. His blocking at Carolina, I feel like, has been miles better than what he had at Bama. Now, don't get me wrong. The coaching and the plays that they're calling for this Carolina offense, which is not – not very good by any means there's not a lot of talent on this roster it just looks like a team full of bad players Bryce just seems to be one of them right now but like let's even look at Bama who is his offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien who's now the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots who we just talked about being so bad and at Alabama he still made it work they beat Mm -hmm. Texas in a game that they never should have won 
he won the Heisman with a not very good offensive coordinator and not a very good Alabama team. I mean, not by Alabama standards. So he was able to do it there against SEC competition repeatedly. So he should at least, like, you would think as a number one pick, you'd at least be able to win more than one game by just your skills. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think the coaching staff has also let Bryce Young down in terms of a mental standpoint. It's kind of like I feel like I want to compare him and Justin Fields. I mean, they're nowhere near the same level. But in terms of their staff and what's around them, they kind of feels like the quarterbacks have just lost confidence in themselves to be able to go out there and play and make the right adjustments and audibles on offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the confidence piece is exactly right. I mean, you see both of them. They don't look like themselves. They don't look like the players we saw coming out of college, the dominant, you know, dual threat quarterbacks that we saw coming out of college. And confidence is a huge part of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so we're going to move on here to our next overreaction and it is the Packers need to sign Jordan Love to a real contract extension this offseason and my verdict on this one is a complete overreaction I don't think there's any way in hell you pay this dude quarterback NFL money right now because his his level of consistency is just out of the out of the blue. He has a game like he did on Thanksgiving. Yes, that was a, an amazing game. But then he has a game like he had two weeks ago against the Saints. Like, this is not like a quarterback level of 45 to $50 million a year making money like all these quarterbacks right here are making. There's Daniel no Jones, way. Too. Yeah, don't even get me started. But... Like, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. This is kind of in the same situation here with Jordan Love. I mean, you don't really it know is. what you're going to get every Sunday when you mm-hmm. go out there with that man on the field. Because it's like you should be able – like you look at these teams. You got Patrick Mahomes. You got Joe Burrow. You got Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, all those Dak Prescott, like all those high-level top ten guys that you know every weekend who are making that big money, you know they're going to come out and they're going to play well or at least somewhat well to keep your team in the game or not make, yes, some quarterback. Yes, everybody's not going to be perfect and have a good week every week. But, like, there's some extent where they should not be coming out like Daniel Jones, like Jordan Love. Like, you come out and they're like, oh, shit, is he going to throw a pick this drive? Like, oh, crap, he can't fumble this drive like he did the last one. Like, no. This is your franchise guy, and your franchise guy, my, me personally – you need to wait and see with Jordan Love. I think you wait. You use this fifth-year contract thing, extension, and then you go from there. Yeah, like you said, I mean, going into the Thanksgiving game, the Packers were, what, four and six, I think? Mm-hmm. Yep. And had not seen any sort of consistency. I mean, he looked good like the first two weeks, and then it was nobody was talking about the Packers as any sort of like even remotely good team until that Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving game. And, like, you don't pay a quarterback the new quarterback market money when he's on a team 
or his team is playing at a level where they're not even talked about as like a even contender until you see like you said Andy that consistency on a regular basis of success of taking your team to another level here's the thing I think is interesting and obviously I wasn't around to see this but him and uh, Aaron Rodgers are kind of in like the same situation right now in terms of stats and record and what they look like on the field like first year first year so he's kind of put that Packers in an interesting decision to make another big decision on the future at the quarterback position mm-hmm. that's just something I noticed because I saw like a stat popped up uh, before the Thanksgiving game and their stats were like almost the same except uh, Jordan Love's interception touchdown ratio is better other than that and it's and this is something where it's not like the Packers where the last couple of years Aaron Rodgers was there and they're like screw you we're not getting you any weapons they got this dude they got Luke Musgrave at tight end they have Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. They have Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Christian Watson. Oh. A decent O-line. Like, if David Bakhtiari finally gets healthy, then holy crap, that offensive line is good. But, like, they set this dude up to succeed. Like, you look at some of these other teams, like we're talking about, these these young quarterbacks who have been set up to just better or less shit the bet. Like, they these teams have not sh- like have not set them up. And that's like the same thing going back to the Bryce Young. Yeah, yeah there are the that. stats. Yeah. 19. Jeez. The same number of passing yards. That's crazy. Yeah, same passing yards, same record. More touchdowns, yeah. more interceptions. But And it's going back to this Bryce Young thing and the C.J. Stroud thing, number one, number two pick. The Texans brought C.J. Stroud in with a plan for him. They had a plan for that quarterback. The Panthers, on the other hand, did not have a plan for Bryce Young. They brought him in and said, okay, mm. we'll groom him on the fly. We'll see what happens. No. C.J. Stroud comes in, and we said, and they said, reports came out. They literally talked to him on day two of the draft and said, what wide receiver do you want? And he said, Tank Dell. They picked Tank Dell, and look at him and Tank Dell now. Like, that's just one of those things. This is your franchise guy. Like, obviously, it's not like Caleb Williams. I want ownership of the team. No, this is. Who do we think's gonna help me win, and how am I? How like how am I gonna succeed? And as a franchise point, how are we gonna help this guy succeed? Like yes, part of it, part of it is on him, but part of it is on the franchise as well. That's what goes back to the Bryce Young thing. So, I mean, talking about Jordan Love, I mean that's just something up, up in the air. So, all right, I start. Sorry, I started I rambling one. there. Yeah. I've got one to propose here. Let's hear it. It's kind of a two-parter, but uh, so the Bills, obviously everybody knows how that one ended last night, but my kind of question is, or hot take here is, should the Bills have moved on from Ken Dorsey sooner? And how much of the mid-season struggles of Josh Allen do we put on Josh Allen versus do we put on Ken Dorsey? Because you look at the way that they've played, like even in a loss last night, and even these last two games, like against a very good nine and one Philadelphia team, the Bills put up five hundred and like five yards of offense, thirty four points. Josh Allen has what four touchdowns, and only really throws one interception, and 
offense, I mean, nine times out of ten, they win that game, if not for the defense. So, I don't know. What do you guys think there? Yeah. And then... Brady, you mind if I jump in yeah. first here? Yeah. Okay. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack a part you just said right there, the nine times out of ten thing. That seems like it's a recurring thing with the Bills. It's the same thing with the Chiefs AFC Championship game. It's nine times out of ten. If this is something that pins back on Sean McDermott, get rid of the get rid of the guy. This can't keep being a thing where it's okay. Here we go. We're we're relying on the defense again, or here we go. The offense has got to go score. Here we go. We got to go stop him in overtime. Something needs to change because Josh Allen is zero six in overtime now. Zero six as a quarterback. That can't happen. And then looking at the Ken Dorsey thing. Here's the thing, because it's like, yes, we can say the offensive coordinators are the problem. Yes, we can say the quarterbacks are the problem. I think when they did it with the Ken Dorsey thing was probably, it's hard to say if you should have done it earlier or should have done it later or whatever. I think it was right in the right, like the right perfect time because the Bills were sputtering. They just lost to the Broncos and they said, all right, we need to change something up here. And obviously when you have a franchise quarterback, you're not going to bench Josh Allen you're going to look at the offensive coordinator and say, see ya. Like, it's the same thing they did with Pittsburgh and Matt Canada. And then the, what was the, sorry, I completely forgot the second part. What was it? Uh, how much of the blame of Josh Allen's midseason struggles do we blame on Josh versus on a stagnant offense, like offensive calling of Ken Dorsey? Mm. Um, I'm going to have to, I'm honestly about to give the same response i kind of gave to the bryce young thing is like part of it yes goes on um like the coaches and josh allen like both of them but it's at some point like where josh allen some of those throws were just like sitting there watching just like what the hell are you doing like where are you trying to fit that ball in and like some of these places it's like yes he's trying to make up for ken dorsey's bad play calling or something like that I don't know what it was, but it's like he'd throw some like 50 yards down the field in a double coverage. Like, like what's your plan? And then you I look mean, at Ken Dorsey and not giving the ball to Stephon Diggs. So, I'm sorry, I was talking a lot there. I'll let you guys go. No, I mean, I thought Darius Slay, like, he was giving an interview after the game yesterday, and he said, I don't understand the media's criticism of him because he said, you look, he's their leading rusher. And he threw 51 pass attempts yesterday and probably had 60 dropbacks. Mm-hmm. So he's like, look at the math of that. If he's dropping back or actually throwing it 51 times and he throws one to two interceptions per game, that is an insanely good number for the number of pass attempts. Yeah. And when you're expecting him to be the entire team, and like that's what he went on to say was, when you're expecting him to be your lead running back and your lead quarterback all at the same time, he said, I don't understand what else you more you could ask from him. Like, he's going to make a mistake one time or another. So, I don't know, Brady, what yeah. do you think? <clears throat> um, So, I think Ken Dorsey actually had a good offensive scheme. Like, he was able to design plays for Gabe Davis. <laughs> for go routes or toss-ups on third down he was really good at spreading davis and Diggs out to make space for like kincaid 
and Khalil Shakir across the middle. But the thing is, is when people caught on to that, Ken Dorsey was kind of capable. He wasn't – he was incapable of, like, adjusting the scheme for teams that actually caught on to that. And I think that's why they had to let him go. He was kind of – it was hard for him to diversify his scheme. He didn't really know how it looked like, to be honest. And when teams caught on, they just took ownership. That's what mm-hmm. I think the problem well, was. I think you look across the last two seasons, like look at even his first year and this year. When were the Bills dominant offensively? The first four to five weeks of last season and the first four to five weeks of this season. And I think exactly what you're saying, Brady, it's he comes up with these great schemes in the offseason and they come out and just run them and destroy people. And but then like that you know, week five, week six, week seven kind of hits where teams start to figure it out. They start to get film on you, start to kind of see those concepts you're running. And now all of a sudden he's not adjusting and the offensive production, both of his two seasons, just nosedives. And, you know, for better or worse, you got to move on from somebody that can't figure it out. Like you don't win the Super Bowl in week three or week four. You win the Super Bowl in February when the season starts in August. So I think it was a good move for them uh, to move on from him completely just because he's, like like he said, the first week to five, the proof's in the paper. I mean, he doesn't get much more simple than that. That's why they had to let him go. It's his inability to adapt. Yeah. I don't think he is personally – I don't think he's a bad offensive coordinator. And I'm saying this mostly from the standpoint because if the Giants do decide to move on from Mike Kafka after this season, Ken Dorsey is obviously going to be the number one option to take over for him because of him and Brian Dable's. Him and Brian Dable, when they were in Buffalo, when Ken Dorsey was the quarterback's coach and Brian Dable was the offensive coordinator, nobody could touch that freaking Bills offense. Like, they were just electric. And then, but like looking back at it, and it's like, like you said, this whole Josh Allen, like he's the whole team. He's a leading rusher, 51 throwing attempts, 60 dropbacks. You got to look as like, like I, I keep going back to this franchise, 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 looking at these quarterbacks. He can't be, he can't do that. He physically cannot hold that on for a 17 game season and win you enough games to make it to the Super Bowl. He cannot win. Let's say you have to win four games in the playoff, whatever it is, whatever number of games it is. He can't do that if he's your leading rusher, throwing the ball 50 times, taking sacks, running quarterback run, And having to deal with the Stephon Diggs drama, too, on top of that. Yeah. So you've got to constantly feed him enough where he's not complaining. It's one of those things where if you're not willing to go get a running back or anything like that, you can't just – it can't – because it looks like it looks like it's not just with Ken Dorsey, but with Joe Brady now, too. The Bills dig themselves in a hole, and they basically say, all right, Josh, ball's in your hands. Go do whatever you want. Yeah, forget the you run game. You know. Yeah, you yeah. can't do that. You quarter, get... Now we're just not going to do it. You got to trust your team enough to where, all right, I'm willing to give the ball to Latavius Murray and James Cook on this third and one. Like, If you're an NFL running back in your offensive line, at least someone gets some of a push, you should be able to get one freaking yard. And most of the times, if you don't get it and it's fourth and inches, go for it anyway. You get, like, whatever. The Bills' O-line isn't that bad. No, it's not. And it's like, 
if you can't, like, I just keep going back to this point. You can't just rely on your quarterback to be that guy all the time. Like, yes, he's your quarterback. He needs to be able to be good. But there's got to be every once in a while where, like, Brock Purdy, like, he's a good quarterback. But it's like some points where Kyle Shanahan's like, just hand the ball to McCaffrey. Let him do let him do McCaffrey things. And, yes, there's not 32 Christian McCaffreys to go around and play for every NFL team. Like, you got to have somewhat at least somewhat ser- serviceable to be where, like, I need four yards, go get it. I need three yards. Like, you got you got to find something. And really the comparison here, actually, like, for the first season is pretty close to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs right now. And, like, kind of what we talked about with our previous podcast is he's got no weapons around him right now and his running back is unreliable. And so you see the Chiefs offense struggling because Patrick Mahomes is having to do everything. But the difference is the Chiefs defense is carrying them. And that's what you're not seeing with the Bills. And you think about what's the common denominator, really besides the Jets game, what's the common denominator in those six overtime losses of Josh Allen's? It wasn't, like like I said, besides the Jets game, it wasn't the offense couldn't score. It was that the defense, defense gave up ridiculous drives. <laughs> I mean, the Chiefs AFC game. How do you let them go in 13 seconds all the way down the field to kick a field goal? How do you let the Eagles go, you know, 60 yards in a minute and kick the game-tying field goal and then turn around and in the first drive of overtime allow them to go 75 yards for a touchdown to win the game? How can you not figure anything out? And it's like all of their losses are like that, where it's the same with Justin Herbert is another one, that it's like Josh Allen is doing his job. He may not be perfect all the time, but he is putting them in a position to win regularly. And their defense is not supporting him. And in a wild turn of events, the Chiefs' defense is doing that for Patrick Mahomes. And that's why the Chiefs are whatever nine and three, and the Bills are six and six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, six and six. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, it's a waste of Josh Allen's talents, and like you, I think we kind of brushed past it. But like McDermott, at some point, just like Belichick, you know, just because you've had regular season success, and I mean, obviously Belichick's had postseason success, but like. There comes a point where you're stagnating and the franchises aren't getting better. You have to move on. You can't just accept being good for the first half of the season. And consistently making it to the divisional round or the conference championship or whatever. It's one of those things where I personally think this coaching carousel is going to be an absolute <clears throat> bloodbath. Oh, yeah. I, it's insane. I think, I think, like, off the top of my head right now, like, I'm going to pull up the teams. But off to I think, obviously, freaking, um, what's his name? Frank Reich. I think Sean McDermott. I think Brandon Staley will go. Um, no. I think Las Vegas already got rid of Josh McDaniels. Um, He's already gone. I think Ron Rivera will go from the Commanders. I think Matt Eberflus with the, the, with the Bears is gone. I think I think Todd Bowles and Dennis Allen with the Saints and the Bucks. I think those are two very 
possible options. And Falcons. I think, I think, yeah, Arthur Smith, like that whole division, like, and I think, I think Jonathan Gannon's one and done with the Cardinals. I think they just kind of got him as their coach just to like, okay, this year's going to be a crap show anyway. Let's just kind of pick a coach and get it over with. Well, and even Belichick too. We're not even, yeah, you know, even Belichick. him there. So, well, and it'd be interesting. Like, I don't know. I don't know that Frank Reich would be the answer, but. You know, maybe that's somebody that that you look at for Buffalo. I think Ben yeah. Johnson is going to be the absolute prime target for all of these teams. The Lions offensive coordinator. The Panthers wanted him last season. He said no and came back to Detroit and look what he's doing. It's like, man, so, like he is he's going to he, be prime him and Buffalo. You know, I think of the teams that we're kind of talking about, Buffalo would really be the only one that is like a head coach away from being there. Like all of those other teams are not really contending. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, just super close to contending. Buffalo is really the only one that if you go there and you get the defensive stuff figured out, you have the franchise quarterback to win a Super Bowl. It's just yeah. getting over that hump. And don't don't you guys worry. We're going to be doing a full episode in the offseason about the coaching carousel. It's one of the funnest times of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, Brady, you got any questions? I got one more, and then I'll let uh, you. I don't have any questions, no. Okay. So here's one. We kind of hinted at this yesterday. Can the Denver Broncos make the playoffs? Do we think they will make the playoffs? I'll word that better. Is Broncos country still ride? Yeah, can Broncos country ride into the playoffs? Honestly, dude, yeah, I think they can. I think they can. I don't think. I mean, I haven't looked at any of their schedules. Obviously, like any of the, I don't remember any of the team schedules except like the Colts. Big game this weekend, though. Big game this weekend. The Broncos and Texans. That's a huge game. See, that'll be basically whoever loses that game. Whoever loses that game is basically out of the running. You know, I'm going like, to say it. Broncos win that game. They're in the postseason. That's what I think. Okay. They've got I a pretty the Broncos... – go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Andy. Okay. No, you got it. They you got, got a... They've got a pretty somewhat easy schedule. I mean, Texans, Chargers, Lions, Patriots, Chargers again, and Raiders. It's not, it's not difficult. Like, it's one of those things, like, okay. And Brady, man, your Colts take that might end up panning out. We yeah. we all took the te- we all took the Texans as a lock, and I didn't realize how big of a deal that Jags game was yesterday. Yeah, they could have because they the are in the division. They could have taken the league in in the South, mm-hmm. and now they're like out of the running. Like, yes, their schedule is pretty. It's Broncos, Jets, Titans, Browns, Titans again, and Colts. Like, it's not like. Holy shit, shiver me timbers. We're playing top three teams. No, but like. No, this AFC playoff race is just, oh my God. It's a, it is just insane. Brian, what do you, what were you going to say? The Broncos getting this win over the Browns was huge for them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I mean, the consistency. 
I've got to lean towards yes, that they can. I mean, do I say it's a for certain? No. But if the question is, can they make the playoffs? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They've definitely got a path to get there, and they've got the coaching. Russell Wilson's playing better these days. <clears throat> you know, I think it's certainly possible, especially with the wacky-ass AFC that we've mm-hmm. got going on right now where there's like five or six teams in contention. And it's tough to say the Browns will even stay in or the Steelers will stay in. Like Browns looked awful yesterday. It's Yeah, I it's think just... those two, Browns and Steelers, are going to be two interesting ones to see uh, where they end up because, yeah, the Browns without Deshaun Watson, I'm not sure that they can hold on with a rookie at quarterback and the Steelers, I think they're still figuring things out. Mm-hmm. As for as much offense as they had to only beat the Bengals 16-10, to 10, it wasn't yeah. like they put up 40 points or anything. I mean... They did They did have their first game in 59 games with 400-plus yards. Like, that's, I know, but like normally that amount of yards... Yeah, equals a lot of points. points. Yeah, and Not I mean, 16. the Bra- the. The Bengals were well in that game. They had a very. They were well in that game. So, I if they have Joe Burrow, they win that game. There's literally no doubt about that. No doubt. Um. You guys got any more questions? This didn't really get as steamy as we thought this first episode would go. But... I do want to say the key to the Broncos' turnaround has definitely been their defense because at the start mm-hmm. of the year. You know, like the first five weeks, they probably had the worst defense, I'd say, in the NFL. Especially since yeah. they let up, like, how many points was it to Miami? Like, 68 or something? 70. 70. 70. Yeah, that is absolutely ridiculous. Um, But, it, honestly, it was it was more than that. They let up, like, 31 points or something to the Jets at the start of the year, too, I think. And the Jets are absolutely mm-hmm. one of the worst offenses, if not the worst offense in the NFL. So... It's honestly that's been the key to their turnaround. I thought I think Russ has looked good all he's looked great all year, honestly. And I just think their defense has really been the key that has ignited the engine to their turnaround. So yeah. can we talk about why in the hell speaking of the Jets, why in the hell Aaron Rodgers is even talking of coming back this season? Like that no is the point. stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> For an almost 40-year-old coming off an Achilles injury to come back to a team that has no shot of, or minuscule shot of making the playoffs. Yeah, that's pointless. I mean, you look at the AFC, and then you look at the NFC, and the Giants, my Giants, who are 4-8, and eight, and if they can somehow beat the Packers in two weeks on Monday Night Football, they are still, quote-unquote, in the running for the, a wild card spot. Like, I'm putting air quotes, like, it probably won't happen, but they'll still be battling for one, let to say. But then you look at the AFC, and there's six teams all at six and five or seven and four or six and six or whatever it is. Like, and then you look at the NFC, and it's like the Seahawks, who are six and five and who are probably going to lose their next three games. Like, They'll be out. The Vikings, who are six and five, are in the running. Five and six are in the running. Five and six are in the running. Four and eight. Four and eight. Like, it's just a, it's just 
it's just it's just madness. And these two conferences, NFC is super top heavy. The AFC is super deep. Like it's just yeah, one of those things. So interesting year for sure. Right. Yeah, it's very interesting. All right, so if you guys got nothing left, hopefully next week's is a little more uh, arguing, but we'll find me and Ryan will find a way to argue. Brady, you got anything else? Ryan, got anything else? Do we want to save game picks for the next episode? I think we should bring them back. That's what I think. Yeah, I, I think we yeah. can save them for tomorrow. I think right. we can save them for tomorrow. All right. Uh, no, I don't have anything. Yeah. Yeah. So I just check out the merch. We'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. Check out the merch. <laughs> We're continually adding new stuff, so. Also, join the Discord. Yeah. That's where so you can if, put all the hot takes. There's literally a whole section for hot yep, takes. And so we bring you on as a special guest. It's a lot easier for us to bring you on as a special guest. Too. Also, Pro Bowl voting is live. Nobody well, cares. <laughs> well, and uh, this week, aren't we going to see some Madden, the Pro Bowl. some Madden stuff coming out on our channel? Oh, yeah, yeah. There should be a, yeah, there should be a Madden video this week. Like I said, no we're, confirmed date. We're but... pumping Brady with content. Two podcasts. We're playing Madden again this week. Fortnite's coming to a close, so <laughs> we're moving back. I, I, Brady, if you still play Fortnite after this ends, I don't know. Dude, I, I can't tell you to be sure. Oh, my God. Dude. But we'll be playing Madden. Don't you guys worry. We'll post some franchise videos. Started up a new one, so... As always, thank you guys for listening. Check out the merch site. Check out our Instagram, our Spotify, all that stuff. Let us know with any questions. Let us know with any hot takes. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Later. Later. Jimmy on a beat, boy.